Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Trash Talk. A massive week both on Twitter and on the court. And I'm going to touch that in just a moment. But first of all, welcome to the great man, Pistol Pete Hawley. Mate, good to be here again. And oh, what a cracking start we have to the show. I know you're excited. <laughs> I'm excited. And plenty of other stuff to talk about as well. Well, you know, and, and that's the thing. There's so many things to talk about that the last thing I want to be talking yep. about is a Twitter war with a disgruntled owner. But we've, had, we a lot. we've had a lot of social. I wasn't going to comment on it. I was going to leave it. I think that what needed to be said was said on Twitter. And as much as I, I think we agree to disagree on what was said with myself and Paul Smith, but we've had a lot of social interaction, a lot of people in the DMs saying that they want to hear this addressed. A lot of people jumped in on this. A lot of people jumped in on it. And, and I'm going to touch on that as well, because do I agree with some of the things that were said? I, I understand a lot of people jumped in when he said that Sydney were the most consistent team yes. in recent history. A lot of Perth fans jumped And, and rightly so. Rightly so. Yeah. <laughs> they are literally the most, yeah. the Perth Wildcats are the most consistent team in Australian sports history. And that is a fact. It is. That is a, that is a yeah, fact. 34, yeah. 36, I don't know how many it is, straight times they've been to the finals. And this year. And this time. But we will jump into it. Because there were certain quotes during this Twitter exchange that really got me going. And, and the biggest one for me was that the hoops capital hate is palpable. Now, when they got... Uh, I'm not sure whether Paul Smith has only listened to one episode of this show, which may very well be the case. And that's why I was so blindsided by the comment that we are run by the MBL, yeah. which was uh, had a bit of anti-sentiment and anti-Kesselman sentiment to it, which is the part that annoyed me. Because whenever I hear that, I zone out. I absolutely zone out. This guy has saved the league. Larry Kesselman has saved this league and continues to do great things for it. Agreed. And I felt like there was anti-Kesselman sentiment to the comments that Paul Smith was making. And in regards to our show, saying that we are running by a script and we're Melbourne-based, when they signed Luzada as a next star, we backed it in. When everyone complained, how can you sign this dude as a next star? We said, great move, Paul Smith. You found a loophole and you used it. When Bogut was dropping back on the screens and Cotton lit them up. Newbill lit them up and they lost two games and everyone said they need to drastically change their defensive scheme. We backed them up and said, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. All they need to do is just move him up a little bit on the screen. And you know what they did? Just that. And they've been winning <laughs> games ever since. You're right. We literally, for however many episodes we've done, we have said positive things about the Kings. And for those who maybe didn't hear last week, the only thing we said was that Dane Pineau was the most improved player, which is our opinion. Which is the sentiment of everyone around the league. No disrespect to Sean Bruce. Not at all. Sean Bruce is in the running for the sixth man of the year. He's been terrific. But we just I think, think he of wins what, that. what Dane Pineau has done. And that's all we said. And then we said that we think Perth will finish top because of the way they're going and their um, road home. That's all that was said. There was nothing anti-Sydney. And the only thing palpable about this whole situation is the ferocity in which Paul Smith pushes the narrative of Sydney against the league. Which is where I find that anti-Kesselman, calling it the MBL, calling it a communist party or whatever it was that he referred to. And I've made references in the past to things of that nature. So I can agree with him. There is some issues that need to be resolved. Having an owner of the league also own a team. If I'm another owner in the league, then yes. I look at that and I probably think, huh, that is, that is a little bit, that, that is a bit of a, a, a question. But, but I, he, I, do I, I know Larry Kesselman. And I know, I'm pretty sure I know how he operates this league and there is absolutely nothing of that nature that goes on. But what he did, he, he had to do these certain things when he first took over the league to bring it back, to revive it. And now he's doing his part to remove all of that kind of stuff while it's booming. So here's my thing. I'm glad you brought up the stuff about Paul Smith. With the stuff with the Sydney Kings, and we've always been pro-Sydney because of the way they've played. They're top of the ladder this year. For a reason. For a reason. Everybody is going to come at them until they knock them off their perch. 
everybody. People want to come up and say, you got four imports, you're out of the salary cap, you paid Casper too much, all this kind of stuff. Because you're winning, people will do that. It's endearing. People came at us saying, you guys hate on Perth every year, all year. Mm-hmm. Perth have been the barometer for the last decade. That's what everyone wants to emulate. People want to beat Perth Wildcats. That's why people hate the Perth Wildcats, because they want to be where you are. Right now, Sydney's at top of the perch. Anyone will try and do anything to try and knock them down. They'll come up with stupid conspiracies. They'll say whatever to knock them down. But Paul Smith, if you win the title, no matter what people come up with, the rings still fit the same. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you paid for the roster. If you've got the money, spend it. That's what I've always said. I said that with Melbourne back in 2018. If you have the money, spend it. You're out there to win a championship, not to save money on the dime. And if you win the championship, they'll come up with even more stuff. But in the end, the trophy's with you. The rings are with your players. That's all that matters. And I love this passion for his team. You need to have that. You need to be supportive of your team. But as you said, there's certain things that I think need to be just addressed and just kept a little quiet. Certain, and, and the reason that I actually... There's certain aspects of this that I side with Paul Smith. Agreed. Because And one of the comments you even made on Twitter was you have to look at this from the perspective. Paul Smith is not just a fan. He's not just a Kings fan. He is financially invested in this league and in this team and in growing the Sydney Kings in a market that is notoriously extremely, extremely difficult to do. And he's doing a great job. He's doing a fantastic job. They broke the record for attendance. Yep. All of these sort of things that came in, they brought Bogut to Sydney. That is why I don't look at this argument and think, oh, Paul Smith, what a dick. Not at all. I think it's a dude that's passionate. Do I agree with the narrative that he pushes? No, but I have respect for the man. So that's why I'm not jumping into all these people. A lot of people in the DM saying, you know, what is this guy on about? He's financially invested in a very, very heavy way in this league. Oh, yeah, and, and, right. I, and, and you know what? I, I do think he's pushing a narrative with the, the Sydney against the world. Melbourne did it back in 2018. So for all the people who guess, say, yeah. and they actually had at the arena, go hard or go to Sydney. Yeah. So at the end of the day, Melbourne did kind of start this whole thing. But at the end of the day, rings still fit from that year. Rings That's, still fit. It's all that matters. And <laughs> you win it this fit. year, Sydney, you deserve it. Go That's home what with it that. Is. But if you do want us to talk about the Kings, I will talk about the same thing that I have mentioned all year. If Bogut is healthy, the Kings win the championship. Don't jump four things down on the rundown sheet. We'll get to that in a sec. No, that, that's where we're at right now. We're jumping here uh, to opine. You can do that. To ignore is disrespect, is what I was told by Paul Smith on Twitter. And I'm going to address it now. I'm going to opine. If the Kings do not have Andrew Bogut healthy, as we saw against New Zealand and they lost, they had him against Southeast Melbourne and they destroyed them. He was... played incredibly well. If he is healthy, yep. that team wins the championship. Yep. If he is not healthy, which I find it potentially hard to do over a over back-to-back games, three games, five games, potentially if it goes all the way to five games in the championship series, that's where I find it hard. And that's where my my only worry with Sydney is. If, if they're all healthy, then bang, they but, are the champions. But they've also started to do things like, as you say, you rest him, you do all this kind of stuff, preparing so that he can do play those games when it comes to... Because the, there's certain teams, when it gets to this final series, you don't want to be playing. And we'll touch on that a bit later, but I agree, and I think he's going to be a, he's the main factor for them to be able to win the championship. Huge people cannot you you cannot understate. You can't the look worth at his stats. You can't Andrew look at his stats. No, and this is where they say yeah. people lie, women lie, stats done. Yeah, uh, in this case they do because yeah, his stats do, have they, not been great. Yeah, yeah, it was a terrible thing to work. His in presence. With you saw how many shots he changed by just being there. People don't go up. It's near stuff him. that doesn't come with the scoreboard. Just having Bogut in the key changes the yep. game. Yep. And, and do I think that if Kicker is forced to play up defending those? on-ball screens and that same drops method that they will continue to do because it works in this league. They also had a little bit of a change to that 
And it's not to go necessarily throw the big, like the five-man bogan and kick it higher. But before that big screener runs up, they let Tate run off the four-man to go do it and then switch. Yeah. Which is the way... Because you don't have things up their sleeve. Because Will Weaver is the best coach in the league. So you know what the best coach... Mike Kelly's the coach of the year because of the situation. But Will Weaver is the best coach tactically everything. Will Weaver is the best coach in the league. That is a no question... He's, cannot argue. He that. is because of what he's he's looking in he's the future. He's a little tactical robot. He's looking that in the develops future. in his head the perfect scenario for each game, whether it be offense or defense. The Greg Popovich just, mind. I'm yeah, telling it's, you, it's, it's that it's sort of it. thing. And he loves analytics and all this sort of stuff. I think it, it, Will Weaver is the direction that coaching is heading. I hope we've talked enough about Sydney today. Well, we got more to come. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> we are also going to jump on a Melbourne United yep. because that is a glaringly obvious. Thing United with a pretty tough stretch home have to win four out of the next six to make the finals. They looked abysmal on the weekend. They looked separated. Their offense sucked to score sixty three points, which I was in the first game, I believe it was, or the second game, around sixty three points New, against New Zealand. Against New Zealand, yeah. that is abysmal for the amount of talent. I would love to see the dollar by dollar breakdown on how much points <laughs> that game produced because that was terrible. They've got a lot to look at. They've got, as you said, they've got to win four of the last six, and this is their run. They go. To Sydney, which is a huge game. You think you're coming home to an easy one? No. Nah. You got the Perth Wildcats coming in who are trying to also... All these teams want to see Melbourne out because of the, they have that switch. If they flick it on, you don't want to play them. But they haven't done it consistently this year. Yeah, I'm no one, starting to think that switch is broken. But no one wants to see them even possibly have the chance to do that in the playoffs. So they're trying to get rid of them. Then they go up to Brisbane who are playing really well right, right now. One of most especially the best offense home. in the league right now. Brisbane have four of the last six at home. So people are starting to pencil them into the playoffs. And well, you Brisbane, Cairns, and New Zealand. I think Cairns are in. I, Cairns I, are in. I, I, Cairns I lock Cairns in. in. But yeah. Brisbane and New Zealand could. That's going to be a real aggressive fight. For These breakers, when as like with everything that happened with the organization, and they've just started to bounce back. And when you're led by both those teams, they're led by Scotty Hobson and Lamar Patterson, and both guys are just putting their team on their back right now. But yeah, it's going to be a very tough run for Melbourne. It's almost like now. I think they had the anxiety of we have to win this game against Adelaide. They didn't do it. And then it was building up. It's kind of like quicksand. Yeah, I, The harder you're fighting, the deeper you're sinking. But something's going to have to click so they can try and make a change. Because say they lose to Perth and then Sydney, they've got to win their last four. They've got the yeah. Hawks once, which you should assume they can take care of that. But then they've got Cairns again and then the throwdown against the Phoenix. There's a, I saw someone put up a rundown of everyone. There's a good chance... That we could have four teams on fourteen and four, uh, fourteen and fourteen by the end of this year, which would be yeah. insane, insane. And, and imagine being a team that misses out because then you get the the media in this industry is so harsh, yep. where you get called a complete failure if you don't make the finals at fourteen and fourteen. At fourteen, and someone goes back and sees that some guy missed an open layup, and that would have been yeah. a percentage booster <laughs> to get them in. But Melbourne United right now, and I want to touch on because it, it's a hot topic on Twitter that Melbourne United don't receive the blame that they deserve to receive for how they're playing. And now, one, From who, one thing though? I've got to, and they don't. In, in my opinion, they don't. Yeah, there's certain aspects where Melbourne United are not treated as harshly as a losing Brisbane, a losing Southeast Melbourne, even Southeast Melbourne, because they're in, they're having the best record of an expansion team in history. So they they get a free pass. They get this a pass. Yeah, they get a pass this year because their first year as a franchise, and they've already broken the record for wins by an expansion team. Yep. But Melbourne United, you have got to remember these. T- this team has been to the finals the last two years. Yep. Grand final series the last two years, a championship in one of them, lost to a great Perth Wildcats team the next year. Yep. That's why they get the benefit of the doubt here because they have gone to back-to-back championships. Dean Vickerman has won back-to-back coach of the year. That's why I don't question it as much because you know what? It's tough to do it three times in a row. Sydney finished seventh yeah. and then got swept in the finals last year. That's why I'm always harsh on Sydney. 
And the whole time we've been talking about Melbourne, they've had struggles all year, but they've had those patches where they bounce back. They've still won the league best tied, I think, six-game win streak across the season. They were playing some really good basketball at stages. And the thing is, if you wrote them off now, say they won their last six and they started right, right back in the playoff race, everyone would be like, okay, they're, they're a legitimate chance. But until they're officially eliminated out of the playoffs, as you said, they Which, have, in my opinion, they are. I, I, don't, I don't see Melbourne with their it's run gonna home. It's going to be hard. I reckon, they, I reckon they lose the next three. I reckon they've actually... With Casey Prather potentially coming back, I reckon they might win this next one purely just off... You get a new hype. guy into the yeah. lineup, hype. It's that sort of thing. But I reckon just as it has all year, it will fade out over the rest of the season. It's going to be very hard for them to do. But again, with a team with that much talent, I talk about that switch, they can flick it on. But it, probably time to do it now. Like It's time to flick yeah, it on. I don't on know and- if that switch is there. I reckon someone is, whether it be Mellow, Trimble, Sean Long, or one of the new additions to this team has put their boot through the wall and hit that and switch. And hit that switch. Kind of like Parks and Recreation where he throws the briefcase. Well, that, and the worst part about like for them, everyone involved with Melbourne United, I mean, I, we, we both play for them. I still do stuff with them is the league is so hard this year that all these teams are playing so well right now. The Breakers are on an absolute tear. Yeah. Cairns have just lodged themselves into the playoffs. They're not coming out. Brisbane's found form and Adelaide are still there and can do it. And mathematically, the Phoenix can do it. I don't think they will. But they can still the get the mathematical chance. You sound like a footy commentator right yeah. now. Twain <laughs> But anyway, of course, so, so my opinion on it, for those who think that Melbourne don't cop a harsh enough crack in the media, Melbourne United suck right now. They flat out suck. They'd and say I do it not themselves. think they will make the finals. They, they'd say it themselves. They'd they say it themselves. They and and they own, have. Yeah. Chris Goulding's come out and said right now, yeah. it seems like the locker room's a little bit divided. There is stuff going on beyond basketball, what's happening on the court, which is causing this. Because you can't put that much talent out there and it fail on court. There has to be behind-the-scenes stuff going on. So there is some sort of dysfunction in the locker room or something at Melbourne that we will try to delve deeper into and find out or what, who it's caused by or what's going on here. Well, they got, are abysmally failing so far. They've got season. six games to try and save the season. So, and do you, do you reckon they got a chance? Well, they still they've got a chance. They well, they've got a, they've chance, got a chance. But in your opinion, I think it's going to be very hard to do. But I think they have the talent, and we've been saying it all year. And you want to hope that they can do it because there's they, ever a time for Casey to come back. It is now more than ever. You want Casey back for his two year ago form, three years ago form in that Perth Wildcats yeah. jersey before he got hurt for Melbourne. But we let's let's get on to the Boomers squad of 24 that was announced, and we put out a little teaser on Twitter that we'd done some digging and found out why Daniel Johnson, the man who went for I believe it was 34, 37, 38, 38 39, 38, around that 38. mark, 38 points. And was a glaring bio. When you look at the when you look at the numbers and you just look at the page when that squad was announced, it was the number one thing that most people said is Daniel Johnson. It's always invisible? it's been like that for a while. It's been like that for a while. But Peter Hooley, I want you to give us a rundown on why that is the case. So yeah, so DJ, I believe it had something to do with the fact of I think it was in 2010 got asked to be a part of a Australian development team. You know those fill-in teams as we as we see what's coming in yeah, right now. Basketball junket. Right, and going to a trip on China and he had some other plans, uh, decided not to do that and was nicely told that he wouldn't be part of the Australian team for a while slash ever. Granted, he has... By the Lamana stuff. By the Lamana stuff. And he has worn the green and gold last year and he did pretty well in it. But (laughs) the fact is, he's playing so well now. Now it's a new thing taken over. You hope that that's not the case because they're not there anymore. It's a whole different thing. He kind of deserves his spot. And then it comes to the point of he's been like mistreated or whatever for so long. Does he even want to do it anymore? Well, that's where I did the digging. And he didn't. He received an email and a call and chose to ignore both. Oh, for this team? For this team. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. He, cho- he got an email and a call and chose. He, he does not want to be a part of this, whether it be saving his body for the season, but he, 
This is not on... Oh, I didn't know that. No, this is not on Basketball Australia. So people coming at Basketball Australia saying you need an eraser and how is this dude not in the lineup? This is not them. This is not Will Weaver. This is Daniel Johnson. Right. For whatever reason, whether it is because he doesn't want to play due to those past grievances, but he does not want to be on that team. And, and it could be... so. Look, it's, it's, a, it's an Asia Cup. We're not going to overplay this thing. Does he want to be stepping in there in an Asia Cup? I don't know. Well, but yeah, that's well, up to him. He has, he has chosen well, he's got to, to yeah. not take part. Each player has their own personal choices. I didn't even know that part. But you look at... He might be looking forward to... Well, we've got the Olympics this year. Who am I behind? Do I have any chance of making that Olympics team? With the NBA guys coming in, you probably say he doesn't. So it's almost like, do no, I bother, no to, do I bother to do that with how I've been treated for the last 10 years? Well, I don't know. No. You look at, ask anybody. Say, say they kind of did that for the last 10 years. When you've been the leading scorer in the NBL for the last decade and you've been not put into any teams, any teams. Some of the teams' rosters yeah. were ridiculous. <laughs> I there were some Siebel rosters I out can kind of understand where you come from in that regard of being like, well, I've deserved this for the last four years. Then on the other side, you might want to be like, you know what? I'm going to go out there and prove you wrong, but each to their own. Well, he went out there and proved him wrong. He proved him wrong over the last couple of years. At this age, he's still dropping 37 points. Maybe like he's just his plan is I'm going to get Adelaide to the playoffs and I'm not even going to have to worry about it. Uh, that could very well be the reason, but he was the one who chose to either ignore the email, ignore the call, whatever it was around that. But at the end of the day, from what we've heard, it was his decision on that part. But anyway, in player out of bounds. This one I've been waiting to get to. Andrew Bogut missed the game against New Zealand due to load management. And I noticed on Twitter, a couple of people, a few of those that regularly interact with this show, jumped on it. In play. Jumped on it. I love it. Oh, so in play. Yeah. The most important thing for the Kings, as I stated before, was Andrew Bogut being healthy. That is the difference between a championship or no championship. Right now, you are locked into the finals. The jungle isn't as dangerous as what it used to be. So home ground advantage is not dire like it used to be against the Perth Wildcats. They can win in Perth. They know that. So if they have to rest and have an Andrew Bogut, they would rather have a healthy Andrew Bogut and be playing on the road in Perth than have a home series with a banged up Bogut. So this is a great move by resting him. I'm more in play because of the transparency from the Kings. That's great as well. They could have easily come out and said, oh, he's got a bruised knee or he's got a bad ankle. They said what it is. He's an older body. They need him. They're doing the right thing and letting you know this is exactly what happens. They lost. Will it come back to hurt them? If they lose top spot, it might. But as you said... They're not afraid to go and win anywhere. So it doesn't matter. You know what? I, I almost get the sense via the Twitter exchange and the transparency with the Bogut that Paul Smith might be, just be a straight shooter. Well, there you go. <laughs> that, but that's what we asked for, isn't it? That's, that's, what, that's we what we want. Everybody want asked for. We yeah, want and the Kings have had some trouble in the past yeah. with this transparency stuff. So I'm glad that it came out like this. And the NBL as a whole, you've got to remember the people, fantasy owners or whatever it is, Really want to know this stuff. And it's actually quite important for fan bases because it's a, it, a lot of people partake in the fantasy game. They want to know who's playing and who's not. And I know a lot of people could say, oh, it's fantasy basketball. Who cares? But it's a fan base. You don't want to dis- it's disenfranchise gonna, and it's fans gonna happen. because they get annoyed because they don't know the, the plan. And the way the world works with everything is, say, if they go on to win the title and they, they might rest him again. They might have to. If it was up to me, rest him for the rest of the season. Right, because he's sure locked in. Make sure he's 100%. Yeah. So, and then they go on and win the title. You look back and say, great move. Yeah. You stumble and lose it, everyone's going to come at you. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. And that's the risk you've got to take knowing this is the best chance we have to win because we need him on the court. And Bogan came out and played well against Southeast Melbourne. Really after well. that rest. And the fact the game was in Plymouth, he would have had to take two planes and a bus to get it's there. It's tough. Those it regional been, trips are tough. It would have been stupid. with a bad back. Yeah. I'm not going on that trip. I don't even have a bad back. I'm not going on the trip because I'm not good <laughs> enough to play in the NPL. <laughs> but anyway, it's time for our man, the, the mayor of Bunbury, to cut loose. Who's the big fella going to posterize this week? 
I've been waiting on Melbourne United to turn the corner, but after last week's effort with a 90-68 to 68 loss to the New Zealand Breakers, I can't do it anymore. Listen to these stats by their players. Sean Long had 18 points on 14 shots in 22 minutes. Mello Trimble continued his struggles with 12 points on 12 shots in 26 minutes. Chris Golding had 13 points on 8 shots in 31 minutes. David Barlow had 3 points on 5 shots in 21 minutes. Shay Illy had 9 points on 8 shots in 16. Stanton Kidd 8 points on 7 shots in 24. And Mitch McCarran had 0 points on 2 shots in 35 minutes. To me... Melbourne United struggle to know who their guy is. Let me tell you who the guy is. It's Chris Golding. Chris Golding has sacrificed a lot for this team, but enough is enough. He is your guy. He is your championship winner. He is your captain. And Chris Golding is one of the best shooters in this league. You can no longer stand by and wait for other people to do it. By getting shots for Chris Golding, it allows more freedom for Trimble and Long in the long term because you have to guard Chris Golding on the perimeter. Melbourne United find themselves with 11 wins along with Brisbane, the Breakers and the 36ers. They have a run home of Sydney, Perth, Brisbane, Illawarra, Cairns and Phoenix. If they're not careful, they will not make the playoffs this year. Now, I know both you guys are Melbourne United guys, but surely you can see that the writing is on the wall and if there isn't an attitude change this week versus the Sydney Kings, Melbourne United will not make the playoffs this season. Well, he's going to come back and realise that we'd already touched on, on yeah, a lot but, of this. But he brings a point. We, we touched on Melbourne United as a team and that sort of stuff, but, but individual players, guys need to be held accountable. The only one that I don't hold accountable in this situation is Dean Vickerman because I give him the benefit of the doubt. Two-time coach of the year over the last two years. And I've, I've been under his program and I know how he coaches. And if there's issues in the locker room, this guy is huge on culture. So I don't think that these... And, and they've also got guys that come in purely from... You know, I'm not sure what the company is that an outside source that comes in and helps with this stuff. Yeah. So that's why the only thing that I can think to blame on this Melbourne sort of struggles is the additions of Mallow Trimble and Sean Long. You look at Sean Long's body language during the game, terrible. Mallow Trimble having a shocker during this losing streak. My that thing- has to be where the locker room dysfunction comes from. And with guys like Chris Goulding getting upset because Goulding is one of the best players in this league and is not treated like it. Well, he talks about... He, I'm glad he talked about Chris. And the big thing for me from Melbourne is the role clarity, as we talk about, is championship teams, their roles are so well defined. And it's something they have struggled with Sydney, all year. Perth, is to find. And we look back at the year that we won in 2018, every role was purely defined. And we knew coming down the stretch, it was like, Casper's making plays for us down the stretch. We want ball in his hands. Whether he's creating to shoot or pass to Chris or something like that, that's the play we're going with. They haven't had that role clarity all year because of how different guys come in, different guys come out. And he said, he said, Chris Golding's sacrificed the most. People might seem to forget last year, this man came off the bench voluntarily for the team. You know how hard it is to put a superstar on the bench and say, look, this is where we need you for our team right now. Be that X factor. Just said, if that's what you think, coach, I'm going to do it. Like, and that's where I'm, Trimble needs to go now. I'm not happy with it. I'll do it. And that's what the role clarity. Is it too late to try and change roles again? No, because it's right now it's now or never. Because if you keep going with what you're doing, you are not going to make the finals. And that is embarrassing for a roster. As much as I give them some sort of forgiveness because of their past success, that's still embarrassing with the amount of money that's been spent on this roster. Oh, they've got to turn it around somehow. And Dean's the kind of guy who will try and 
finds any little niche to see what works, which I'm surprised that something hasn't happened. They've been real consistent with their starters. Actually, they've been real consistent with their rotations for a long time. Yeah. And I look at the past two years, Dean's always tries to switch something up. So whether it's coming soon, I don't know. But the role clarity is the big issue. That's it. It's, it's Sydney, it. Perth have it all down packed. When you have guys come out, you talk about Casey maybe coming back. He's gone out, in and out. All these different things have happened throughout the year. Guys' roles have changed consistently. It is so hard to be successful in the role you're given. The first thing Dean says at the start of each year to players, you remember when he said, he said, be good in your role. If your role is the end of the bench guy, come in for spot minutes, be the energy guy, be excellent in your role. But the roles have changed nearly yeah. every week. It's yeah. so hard to excel in it when you have to keep changing. But... They've got to find a time to do it now. They've got to find a way. And look, you, you have to keep changing that up. But one guy that I will back to the hills, and you can yell Melbourne buyers from the hills all you want for this, but I will always back Dean Vickerman because I've played under him and I know how much he values team culture. So I refuse to believe that this comes is well, coming from the top did. here. Look what he Melbourne United and Dean Demopoulos, from that to the first year Dean took Abysmal. over. This culture, that's what he said. He wanted to change the culture. And then he wins a title in his first year. Col- and the culture was great. Well, but be- right now it's not, Culture, and, yeah. and, and we got to work out where that's coming from if you're Melbourne. Because Roll right clarity. now it's embarrassing and Melbourne suck at the moment. So, after just a general breakdown of the Twitterverse and the Encoreverse, we'll jump over into my favourite segment, Hot and Cold. And we've got a couple here. The biggest one, of course, probably the biggest storyline of the before the round came out. LaMelo Ball, gone, wrapped it up. All done, currently sitting at third in the mock draft rankings because at the end of the day, we look at the big pitch with LaMelo Ball. Illawarra Hawks can't do anything this season. They are out of the playoff run. Do you have any concern with LaMelo Ball sitting out? Yes, in terms of, for many reasons. One, I think his draft stock is going to go down. Yes. Well, also, people got to look at the current teams in the chance to get the most uh, percentage of a lottery pick. The Atlanta Hawks are not taking him. No. The Golden State Warriors are not taking him. Warriors take Wiseman. The, the Knicks Hawks take Wiseman. may take him, but as we said, the Knicks have taken a chance on a lot of people over the years. One's been good. Are you going to take a bigger Jimmy Butler or are you going to take LaMelo Ball? That's ex- You're taking Edwards. He's balling out, Anthony yeah. Edwards. My thing is with this, I, want, I know he's not playing and I think he's trying to go home, but you're part of the team. You've come in on this contract for the next Stars thing. Be around the team. Stay around the team. It's been great for the Illawarra Hawks as a franchise. It's not fair if you just take off and leave. And a lot of people, we called this for months. A lot of people yeah. did. He was never coming back. And I can understand where he's coming from as well. He improved so much in the first half of the season, had two triple doubles, then got a little banged up. One, why risk it? Two, you just came off where you're at right now as elite. You come back, do you get hurt again? Do you not perform as well? There's a risk on both sides of it. You can yeah. maybe go higher and stuff. It might hurt your draft stock. Cole Anthony's out right now as well. Yeah, and, and he's plummeted right down. That's what so happened. He was third, and he went out. Meniscus, a bit different, all the way down to, I believe it's ninth, RJ Hampton above him at Is seventh. He ninth? He went way down. He also didn't have the body of work yeah. that LaMelo has. LaMelo's played this year a lot better than Cole Anthony did in college. All, so and we can give him the benefit we talk of the about it's, Depends who's going to win the draft. Oh, it's all from a, from a lottery perspective. I have I think it's idiotic to say that he is locked into the number one spot. That is absolutely idiotic. He's not going to move above third, and I will be willing well, he's to not, put something to that. He's not Zion, where you just knew no matter what team you're taking Zion. No, it? and you don't get drafted on Instagram followers. You don't get drafted on big endorsement deals. You get drafted on team needs, ability. Oh, that's deep from you. I know. What was the little comment that you wanted to add to it? Availability. The best ability you have is availability. The best ability you have is availability. If you want to move up the draft boards, you have to be available. Tweet that. Will, yeah, tweet Thanks, that. Thanks, Ollie. Stamp it. Ollie, the producer. 
That's his go-to slogan there. But of course, hot or cold, New Zealand a playoff lock with the play they, the way they're going right now. Playoff lock, cold, but they are the most dangerous team in the league. <laughs> Just going to move. If, if, for those playing at home on podcast, we had a nice picture of uh, the Lord and Savior Larry Kessman up there on the desk to start this one. Uh, they're not locked in, but they are the most dangerous team in the league right now. And you know why? Because Scotty Hobson is a flat-out baller. He He's a flat-out baller. Defends, he rebounds, he gets assists, he gets buckets when he needs buckets everywhere. He doesn't have one move. He, ha- he can score everywhere. That man, they came out and said he was the best player to ever play in the league. So they said, or, or this year, or was it this year? He or damn ever. near shows it. He, that's what I mean. So they are dangerous. You don't want to come across the breakers in a playoff series. They're tough. Hot or cold? They'll win this week. Yeah, no, I, I, I pretty heavily back them in as well with the, with the form that they're in. Against Perth? Yeah. Oh, damn. I, I reckon this, we talk about scheduled losses. You reckon this Perth is have been loss? too good for too long right now. They're, they're, you look just the way the season's gone. And oh. there's no stats that I can bring into back it no, up. No, I think they're good. It's literally just the fact that this is how the NBL works. <sighs> you think a team is running hot... They get humbled like that. Harpy's going to come with us. <laughs> we love Harpy, loyal listener. Five-game semi-final series. Cold. Hot. No. Why do you think it's cold? We have it sound packed. The three into the five, I think. is. Do you want to see if the same five grand why final? Do they have, to why do they have five in the grand final? Why do they have a five-game series in the grand final? Because it's two elite teams battling out. It's good. Two elite teams battling out. So yeah. it's not two elite teams battling out? Well, uh, for a lot, of time, a lot of times in the past, that three-game series last year has been a sweep. One through 1v4. Well, there we go. Make it reward the teams. You have a five-game... Not only do you have a five-game series in the grand final because that's the best way of deciding who really is the best team, it's too advantageous to have two home games versus one in the semifinal. And before you jump in here, Pete, in the semi... It, it's way too advantageous for two home games versus one in the semifinal. Oh, that's what you're going to say? That is <laughs> you're the game. No, last year there was two sweeps in the semifinals. So why are the teams who finish high and could, the teams weren't as good last year chasing that last no. couple spots, why are you going to make them have to play three games and make their bodies even more tired so they can't bear the elite status for the five games? This year is different because of those teams on the cusp, the three, four, five, six spots, can make the playoff series very interesting. It, it separates it. it may, you have to have a deep team if you want to have success in the finals. It changes the way the teams would be made up. If you have five games in the semifinals, you need to be deep and you get rewarded. If you sweep it and the other team goes to five games, that's where you have the advantage. So it's even more but important to sweep that semi-final. Not only that, we have a FIBA break as well. So you, what do you want? The, the last game of the grand final series to be in July. You yeah. Want it to be with the I NBA. want as much NBL as possible. Because you know Year what? round. I want the finals. These teams are so close. I want that thing to go for as long as possible. But the reason we have five games... You are- <laughs> the reason we have five games in the grand final series is because it is statistically the best way. Yeah. The best team wins those games. You can get lucky in three games. You ain't getting lucky in you five You watch, games. now that we've said that, there's going to be sweeps all across the board. Someone's going to win a title. Oh, 100%. Bang, straight to it. Hot or cold, the draft and stash will take over from the Next Stars program. Now, even though it is still called the Next Stars program, I can see that ending. I can see the NCAA changing their rules, the NBA coming in and saying that the G League is now a paid league. You can pay people whatever you want, which would then mean LaMelo Ball could stay in America, go to the G League beyond the eyes of NBA scouts week in, week out, day in, day out, while being paid potentially more money than he could earn in the NBL. But you look at a guy like Luzada, he can actually change a team and still come under that next star salary cap. So you start bringing in guys like Luzada to smaller market teams like Illawarra, where they only have to pay them under the cap, like what, 70000 but they're getting a $400,000 quality import. Do they pay him at all? 
Yeah, yeah, no, they, it's still about seventy thousand, I believe. It oh, it is. Yeah, it and goes the NBL, towards the cap for an next start. The next start. It's, right. it's around about that. I think, right, it's, I think it's. I think it's huge. I think it's hundred percent. You're right. Is those guys who are picked in the second round or the late pickups or even guys that get signed late and you stash them in such a good league like Australia? I think it's bound to happen because of what we've seen Didi do. He's been awesome for the Kings and he's been a great pickup for him. And it's different. You're right. And because of what we've seen with Lamelo, depending who comes out next year and stuff, there's no one by the time near the hype of by the time LeBron's son is ready, the <laughs> NBA is not letting him come. As much as we'd love to see him, something will change. So I think it's going to turn in, which is a great thing. Don't get us wrong. If we get a draft and stash thing going, that's elite for the league as well. Don't think that like that's not as good as the next stars. That's just as good, if not better, because these players, it's better. these dudes can contribute right away. And there's no one coming in with the overall hype that Lamelo Ball brought. Yeah, there's going to be no one like that for a long time. Yeah, because that's a that's a generational storyline with Lonzo, Lavar, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and LeBron could very well be the commissioner of the league, playing commissioner by the time that his son comes in. So that rule is getting changed, vetoed, whatever. Yep. real quick. So the next stars program won't exist. It needs to morph into this draft and stash style thing that What's the Kings have laid the precedent. What's for a it. name for it though? Medium level stars. <laughs> what? Mediocre stars. Someone tweeted us. Give Someone us a name. Tweet, for this. tweet at us hashtag Trash Talk SB and give us a name for what this draft and stash. Because you can't just call it draft and stash because it's too long. It sounds. Well, weird. you don't want to be drafted on the second round, go up there, and get your hat, and be like, "Oh, I'm actually going to be a draft and stash." Draft player. and stash, yeah, Bruh. <laughs> oh, jumping over, staying on the topic of the NBA right now. Zion returns to He's action. Back. Well, doesn't even return. Begins action on Thursday against the Spurs. Expectations high, low, indifferent. I just want to see him play. I want to see him be healthy, finish out the year. People are out there saying he's going to contest with Ja Morant for bullshit rookie of the year. Don't be ridiculous. If anybody says that, block them, delete them on Twitter, whatever you need to do to get that negativity out of your life. There's no way Ja Morant is being touched for rookie of the year, let alone a guy that's coming off a knee injury that will play half the season. I just want to see him and the Pelicans continue to rise. Brandon Ingram's been unreal. Just slot him in there and just see how... Bring that excitement back to New Orleans. All that I'm excited to see him play. We've all held our breath. This happened to too many picks, man. It happened to Ben Simmons here to sit out. Happened to a couple guys. We just want these real guys. This man signed a massive endorsement deal. It was huge at Duke. We just wanted to see him come in. His preseason was elite. That's the thing. We've already seen a little bit of sample size, and as much as it was preseason, that ain't summer league. And his season ain't summer league. He still shoots legit darts from three. Yeah, that thing is a bullet. That thing is as straight <laughs> as an arrow. That's an old Daryl Coletto That's free throw action right bang. there. It doesn't get above rim height. But I'm excited, and uh, we we've, we want to be able to chuck out some markets there. Whether he scores on his first basket, dunks on his first basket, something like that. So watch this space on the SB oh, channel. Three, ball. hopefully, three ball. We can find something there for the punters. But no, I'm very excited for Zion's return. Now it's time to put your money where your mouth is. Hools, who are you going for this week? Had a bad week last week. Yeah, for those that don't know, Hooli's actually had to dip into my winnings to be able to take out a loan to afford this week's bet. So I was two of three on my multi-leg. I had Adelaide at the line, and I don't think the line was 35. Lose one leg? 35 I don't know. You're the the (laughs) sports bet boy. Um, So I've gone another multi, throw it all on. Sydney 11 plus over the Hawks. You agree with me there? It's probably not going to pay too much. Yeah, I'd go 11 plus over the Hawks. Yep. And then New Zealand to beat Perth. Big one. I'm going with Melbourne. Look, I'm back in Melbourne, and if Casey... Is coming into this lineup, then I'm back in Melbourne to get the win. Crazy this enough, I think this is the kind of game that Melbourne's going to win as well. That's what it is. Yeah. We, we talk about scheduled losses yeah. and things in the NBL that are meant to happen that don't happen. Perth is meant to win this game and rub the salt in the wounds. That ain't happening. Yeah. Melbourne are getting the win. And I'm, I'm backing them They're to the They're playing Sydney. Here. You know that, right? Oh, they play Sydney. What did yeah. I say? <laughs> you said Perth. Play, well, then they play Perth in the Australian Open game. They play Perth in the Australian Open game. Yeah. That's what I think. I think they win. 
They're going to get there. And just whether it be the Paul Smith stuff, I don't know what it is, but something just leads me to believe that Melbourne is going to win this game. They have no right to win this game. Sydney are far better. Far better. It'll be a fun But game. it's an NBL thing and it's just a scheduled loss. What's meant to happen scheduled never loss. happens. Well, anyway, that's all we got time for this week on Trash Talk. Hit us up on Trash Talk SB, hashtag Trash Talk SB, if you've got something you think we can name the Next Stars Draft and Stash program. But other than that, enjoy your week and gamble responsibly.